0: You are, you, are, you, are, you are
1: listening to Studio 41. Hello and welcome to Quiz Time India, your weekly quizzing podcast. This week on the podcast, we have Kajol Srinivasan, a stand-up comic turned quiz master.
0: Let's say that you're a master art forger and nobody can distinguish your work from Da Vinci. Okay, when
1: good. I first heard it, my first guess was zero. What would a pilot do if his hands were free? A comedian who's half Tamilian, half Bengali, like two Chetan Bhagat novels into one. <laughs> oh, God. The... What thing was would... this
0: technique that made the whole nation want to eat potatoes?
1: So, without any further ado, put on your thinking caps, the show is about to begin. Welcome to Quiz Time India. Hello and welcome to another episode of Quiz Time India. I am your host and quiz master Aditya Mattu. Did you know Vladimir Nabokov wrote his novels on little card stacks? Did you know that with each second that passes, one hour of video is added to YouTube? If you didn't know such creme de la creme of trivia, you have come to the right place. Quiz Time India, a podcast which makes interrogation seem fun. (laughs) Well, enough self-deprecation for this week. And let us begin with today's episode. First up is the matter of the audience question. Last week, we had Roland Gomes join us on the podcast. And this is the question that he put forward. So Nike was seeking out a name for their newly rolled out sneakers. And they finally managed to settle on the name Astic. But when the sneaker giants and rivals Adidas threatened to sue them over the name, as they already had a track spike named Azteca Gold. Now Nike looking to knock them off their perch and get an upper hand in the business. They named their newly rolled out sneakers after someone that was meant to be an aggressive stance against Adidas. These sneakers would then turn into a cult classic and a symbol for the hip hop generation. Now what did Nike name their newly released sneakers and why did they settle on that name? Akshay Gurumurthy gave the correct and the most complete answer. The answer was Nike named the line Cortez. Cortez in fact led the Spanish invasion of the Aztecs and most Latin American native colonies. So their Cortez would symbolically defeat the Adidas. As Akshay pointed out in his reply, pretty insensitive by Nike given the massacres done by Cortez. So well done, Akshay. That was, as I said, the correct and the most complete answer. Now, an exciting announcement. Something I've been quite excited about. I will be hosting a quiz outside of this podcast. It's been a while since I've done that. Thank you, Corona. But truly, I am looking forward to it. It will be a general quiz on the 17th of this month at 5 p.m. I'll be hosting the quiz for Gyan Space if you want to register... The link is in the description of this podcast. Wherever you are listening to the podcast, just go to the description and you'll find the link there. Or you can even check the podcast Instagram handle that is at the rate quiz time India for more details. Yeah, so please do join me. It will be good to have some support. And from my end, I can promise a fun quiz as always. And in fact, some prizes too. Now, talking about fun quizzing, what do we have today? Ladies and gentlemen, we have a stand-up comic turned quiz master, Kajol Srinivasan. Kajol has conducted quite a lot of pub quizzes, and she even hosts regular quizzes on her social media pages under the hashtag time. You can find her at at the rate lolrakshak, lolrakshak. I thought it was an interesting mix, stand-up comedy and quizzing, and I needed to know more about it. So, before we dive into the more regular round of quizzing, we had a brief chat about her work. Hope you enjoy it. Again, my name is Aditya and you are listening to Quiz Time India. Hello, Kajol. Thank you so much for joining me on Quiz Time India. I've been following your work as a comedian for a while. And now as a quiz master too. So I was just doing some research about you and it, you had mentioned about yourself that you were a comedian who's half Tamilian, half Bengali, like two Chetan Bhagat novels into one.
0: <laughs> oh God.
1: <laughs> that I expect from a comedian. Tell me, how did quizzing come into all of this? Tell me more about it.
0: Firstly, I need to apologize for that uh, Chetan Bhagat line. <laughs> it is the first line I had used. <laughs> it is the first line that worked on stage. And uh, I really should have outgrown it by now. So, yes, let's forget that happened.
1: <laughs> it's a classic case of your past haunting you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I'll tell you how I got into the quizzing. Eh?
1: Okay. Uh,
0: when I started out comedy, three and a half years back, uh, that time, it was not easy to get longer spots when you're applying, you know, to producers and all. Because mm-hmm. they don't, they give you four-minute spots, five-minute spots, you know, big film So, Dulali was holding this uh, this this weekly quiz, the pub quiz that they had on Wednesday.
1: Dulali is a pub quiz. Pub in Bombay, right?
0: Yes, yes, yes. They've got multiple locations in Bombay, hmm. and every Wednesday they hold they held the pub quiz at eight o'clock. I think or eight thirty, something hmm. like that. So they were looking for comedians to be quiz masters because they felt that we had uh, stage presence. Hmm. And um, I thought it would be fabulous to to get an audience who would listen to me for an hour. Okay. Uh-huh. I had this idea that I would plug comedy in the middle of the quiz questions Ah. and um, it would all be a very, very great uh, exercise in, in, in vowing an audience with my sense of humor. That
1: is quite interesting actually.
0: It was a flop. It was a complete flop. <laughs> because quizzes are rabid. They do not want you to know, deviate from the quiz. Okay. So, okay. so, I remember the first quiz. I had You get the questions in advance. Hmm. So, I had kind of matched bits of comedy to every question. Uh-huh. Uh, there was a question on, I think, Alexander's horse. Hmm. Okay. So, I finished the question. People answered. And they're like, You know, speaking of horses, uh, do you know that, you know, something, something... And before I finished my sentence, only four hands went up. I said, no, no, this is not a question. (laughs) (laughs) They just did not want me to go anywhere besides the quiz questions. Ah. So, I learned my lesson.
1: But you're in the right place. Here, we encourage such off-topic conversations. And if they're funny, definitely, (laughs) those are always welcome. So, Kajol, even during this lockdown... I noticed that uh, on your social media, you've been running this quizy time, which is invariably a lunchtime quiz question that you've been putting Mm. up. Tell me about it. How it's been? How's it going? It's been, what, six months now almost.
0: Yeah, Uh, I think I made a promise when lockdown started that... uh We'll be carrying on till the world ends <laughs> or till lockdown ends. <laughs> but uh, so, quizy time actually came about because I was uh, I was writing my comedy special at that mm-hmm. time, and I I wanted to include information and trivia into the comedy format. Okay. What I tried to do at Dulali uh, mm-hmm. years back, but that flopped. Mm-hmm. I was trying to do my own. So uh, that's why, if you notice, the quizzy time questions are unusual trivia. They're not the run of the mill. Uh, this yeah, time. And also if you notice busy Time is an open book quiz uh, because the questions are crafted in such a way that you should not be able, like Google should not be able to help you too much. So it was, it was a challenge for me that in this digital age when everything is available just by the asking, can you craft something that will still break all those rules and make you think?
1: That is quite interesting. And if I can ask right now, how do you plan to you know, incorporate this bits of quizzing and uh, this quizzing culture of sorts into the comedy culture. How will it go? If you could tell us a bit about it.
0: Yeah. So I currently have my trial shows on. It's called Tough Crowd, mm-hmm. and I have them out once a month. Mm-hmm. But I'll give an example. Okay. Okay. And I will give you an example. That's a quiz question. Mm-hmm. Um, are you ready? Absolutely. Think, you know? Okay. So um, Lawrence Perry invented the autopilot. Okay. That was in 1914. But along with that, he invented something which, which was very related to this invention. Can you tell me what that was? It's a very famous thing. Everyone knows about it.
1: He invented the autopilot. Yes. In 1914. Yes. Okay. And he did invent something else. What could he would have invented? What would a pilot do? I don't know. Maybe a coffee machine.
0: Uh, what would a pilot do if his hands were free?
1: <laughs> he's the right <laughs> that's what I was thinking maybe they'll get themselves some <laughs> a cup of coffee
0: nah that's what? boring what else would you
1: do uh, probably use the facilities
0: yes go to but, the loo you no know, Aditya I'm sorry I'm gonna uh, yeah you're, you're just you're just being very very safe out here <laughs> okay I will tell you so he invented the mile high club okay <laughs> and uh, the, which is of course having sex on an airplane yeah, uh, yeah. But what else do you use autopilot for yeah, so he, he, and became famous because he took this, uh, this New York socialite on the flight with him and he put it on okay. autopilot and they were having sex and they managed to turn the autopilot off and then they crashed. Oh.
1: <laughs> and they survived?
0: And then they survived, but he tried to explain to the people who found them that the crash had just removed all their clothes. So that's when the My High Club became a <laughs> uh, um, uh, um, thing. I had yes. no idea. And so, this is what I start with. So, this is what I start with. Mm. I ask the audience this question. Mm. And then I go into a set I have about uh, the My High Club. Club on air India.
1: On air India? Wow. One thing for <laughs> sure you'll never reach your destination on time. So, you have more time to do whatever you want to do. But, yeah. Uh,
0: that is also there. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> on the bright side. The advantages of taking Air India. But yeah, now I can see how it can be incorporated into... I can see the pattern of it. I can see the logic behind it. So, Hmm. in that spirit, I have a few questions lined up here. Perhaps, maybe, hopefully... They'll give you some more uh, trivia, some more uh, fodder to play with on your comedy special. Are you ready?
0: Okay. I am ready.
1: When you agreed to do this... uh, podcast you did mention that you are a big fan of fantasy fiction and especially of sir terry pratchett yes so i have a question about terry pratchett are you ready tell me so the year was 2009 when it was announced that terry pratchett would be knighted and he said that he was flabbergasted He said an astonished wouldn't cover it. It was such a big news that he has to use the word flabbergasted. And not only that, he decided that if he was to be knighted, he also needed a proper sword. Saying, it annoys me that knights aren't allowed to carry their swords. Which is actually true. In England, you cannot carry a sharp knife or a sword on you because that's a knife crime. It's carrying a sharp Mm -hmm. object in public. So similarly... Even if you're knighted right now, you can't carry a sword, which really bugged him. But he did say that, you know, every knight should have a sword. So what he did, he dug up 81 kg of iron ore. He dug up lots of land, got 81 kg of iron ore, made a kiln From that ore, he got enough iron to make himself a sword. And then to add a trademark element of fantasy to it, he threw in something else about which he said it's highly magical you got to chuck that stuff in whether you believe it or not what was the special thing that he added to the sword So
0: Wait, i i this is ringing some bells uh hmm? there was a meteorite the the iron saw a meteorite isn't it
1: brilliant brilliant absolutely right <laughs> It was (laughs) tiny pieces of meteoroid that he had and he melted those and he put that in a sword. And in fact, his daughter, Rihanna, Mm -hmm. Rihanna, which is R-H-I-A-N-N-A, she confirmed that there was meteoroid material metal in the sword and uh, it's hers now. And she carried it in front of his coffin at his funeral. So he was led while he was being buried. The sword was there with him. And I was reading up about it In fact, some of the oldest surviving human-made iron artifacts Are hammered meteorite iron So 5,000 years ago in Egypt They were banging out meteorite iron to make stuff So yeah, well done First question, knocked it out of the park (laughs) So now, it's your turn Hmm. Let's see what you have Let
0: Hmm. me see Let's say that you're a master art forger And nobody can distinguish your work from Da Vinci Okay, you're that good Fair enough but it would be Im- it would be impossible for you to pass off a perfect replica of the Mona Lisa mm-hmm. or anything painted more than seventy five years back.
1: Okay. Why? Anything painted seventy five years back? Yes. Okay. Wow. So obviously something would have happened in the past seventy five years because what would have made these paintings change? Now it is what could mm-hmm. have happened. So, okay, my. First guess from the top of my head is really random that uh, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, uh, nuclear blast happened and radioactivity is there in the paintings. Am I on the right track? Of course it's right. It is right.
0: Of course, of course, of course. Yes. Wow. (laughs) So it's not... Okay. So because Mm. the the detonation in 1945, okay, the the July one, where the first atomic bomb was detonated in New Mexico. Okay. uh, From that time onwards paint contains strontium 90 and cesium uh, cesium uh, 137
1: okay. because
0: uh, they're bound to the crops that produce the oil-based paint.
1: Oh, so that is... So, since then, whatever paintings are there, that thing is there in it. Yes. That this phenomenon yes. in it.
0: Just imagine, we are uh, so bound to what happened. Uh, I mean, nuclear blasts. Yeah. If no one realizes they're so prevalent in everything that we do.
1: Yeah, I mean... Just think of any oil painting which is hundred years old is witness to that nuclear blast. <laughs> that is a great yeah. question, Kajal. Alright, are you ready for your next question now? This Go one this one has a bit of a story. It's about a business. It's about this very pa like a pawam, like a nice guy, called CK Ranganathan. C.K. Ranganathan. Okay. He was from Kadalore in Tamil Nadu. The year was nineteen eighty-three. Ranganathan had fifteen thousand bucks with him and he decided to start a cosmetic business with just 15,000 bucks. And he was inspired by his father, whose name was Chinni Krishnan. Chinni Krishnan actually had a very interesting idea, which his son Ranganathan took and thought, you know what, I can start a business with this, a cosmetics business. This During that time, shampoos, talcum powders, perfumes were all sold by large companies. So your Godrej and your HUL and stuff like that. And the distribution was focused more in urban cities. Only rich could afford these. Mm-hmm. But Ranganathan wanted okay. a, even a daily wage earner to be able to afford these things. In fact, one of his brilliant ideas to sell his product was to put the ad in between Rajnikanth movies in 80s. So, he was one of the first ones. (laughs) What we see that ad of Mukesh used to smoke and all, he did that before. He did that then in 80s. He would put the ad with Rajnikanth in Rajnikanth movies. So, in 1983, he started this new brand of shampoo called Chik. C-H-I-K. And in 84, second year of, of their operation, the company was profitable. In 89, it became big, they moved from Kadlore to Chennai and named itself Beauty Cosmetic. Now the company has changed its name to Kevin Care. and in the year 2000, they were right next to HUL in the, tu- in the segment. Can you tell me, what was that one thing that Ranganathan did, which was inspired by his father, which led this guy with 15,000 bucks to challenge such conglomerates like Godrej and HUL what was that one invention or what one thing that he did
0: okay 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 yeah sashay brilliant was it the sashay
1: <laughs> what led you to it what led you to it tell me uh like what did you think of um, what what did you so make
0: firstly, of it firstly I I my day job is I'm a graphic designer and I work with HUL all
1: right.
0: <laughs> so, I Clearly, know a little bit history. I didn't do my
1: research. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I didn't do complete research.
0: <laughs> but I know a bit of the history. Uh, I, hmm. I Because I was doing a, a project on uh, the, the origins and the foundings of HUL when they were shifting their office. And this hmm. rang on bells, chick shampoo. So, yes, I thought I thought it might be that.
1: Yeah, you are absolutely right. It was uh, Chick shampoo was made into sachets by 1990s of course uh, HUL and Godrej also understood that this is how you can reach a bigger target and a bigger market and they also decided to do the Mm -hmm. same and now we have sachets everywhere from your I think anything from gems to washing powder Nirma everything is a sachet now now Kajul time for your next question okay yeah
0: uh, 18th century France mm-hmm. hated a certain vegetable. Hated? But uh, this, uh, this farmers hated it. They, they didn't want to eat it. Okay. So they were like, yuck.
1: Yeah. Karela, my but answer. But this
0: certain. Uh, Karela is a wrong earth. Carella <laughs> is only forced fed to us. Okay. France hated potatoes, and uh, this pharmacist called Antoine Augustin Parmentier. Uh, he uh, got them to love potatoes using a very unusual technique. He, star- he got the entire nation to fall in love with potatoes because we notice now all French cuisine, it, it, it has potatoes in some form or the other. So what did we do that was so spectacular which got the entire nation to change their mind about potatoes? Mm. What was this technique that made the whole nation want to eat potatoes?
1: You said he was a pharmacist. Yes. Oh, quite interesting. I would say that he came up with French fries, but I know French fries aren't French.
0: (laughs) They're not. Yes.
1: So what could he have done to make the entire country love potatoes? Interesting. And this is 18th century France. So was the French Revolution happening around that time? I don't know. Is it something to do with French Revolution?
0: Um... No, it's not, not nothing with the French. If I'm not mistaken, the revolution was just over at that point. But let me not come into that. Mm. I don't
1: know. Quite intrigued, actually. Did he do something with potatoes which was outside the culinary world? Maybe he used potatoes for something else. Oh. And everyone realized, oh, potato might actually, not be such a bad thing after all. And they started using it.
0: Okay. It is actually do with the farming. The farming of the potatoes. He did something unusual there.
1: Okay, the farming? Hmm. Farming of potatoes. I'm actually. I like, am confused <laughs> So, what could he do? First of all, the fact that people don't like potato is embarrassing enough, but like, what could he have done?
0: Yeah. He got that curiosity.
1: To be... Did he come up with a dish? Was that the thing? Like, he came up with a potato based something that people were like, oh, we didn't know this was possible, food wise.
0: Would you eat a dish made by a pharmacist?
1: Not really, actually. Probably was, not. That's, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs>
1: Did he put some chemicals in them?
0: <laughs> no. It involved armed men.
1: Armed men? Yes. Did they go on a, go for, on a war for potatoes? No. A physicist, uh, sorry, <laughs> a pharmacist, armed men and potato. Did he get, what would an army do with potatoes? Like armed men do with potatoes. <laughs> did he, Did he make them scarecrows? I don't know. That's just like a very random guess.
0: It is quite close to the truth. He had these armed men surround the potato fields, okay, okay. and uh, it, it, and he told people not to eat the potatoes, okay, which which automatically made people start stealing the potatoes. And uh-huh. uh, he, the armed men all ha- they all had the orders that hmm. they had to accept bribes and let people in to steal the potatoes. Okay. So the moment he made potatoes this this unusual secret commodity. Everyone something was like, We want to
1: eat potato <laughs> uh, He created a demand Where there was none Basically Yes And that is how People started going Like oh we need This thing which is Kept away from us And they started Bribing these men Wow Yeah Someone do that With Karela And Loki, And I'll probably <laughs> Pay
0: them There is a dish There's a potato dish Named after him Pimentier. Um, I, I forget the exact Dish's name But hmm. it's Potato something Pamentier huh, Yes Yes So it
1: is named after him for popularizing the potato. That is quite cool. That is quite cool. That was a very satisfying bit of trivia. Oh, he's knocked him over. What a river. What a good piece. Hello and welcome to Outside of Stump, a cricket podcast bringing bite-size analysis along with stories from the depths of our cricketing folklore, curated specially for the Desi cricket fan. The podcast is available on all streaming apps, from Apple Podcasts to Spotify to Google Podcasts to Savan and Ghana. Also, follow us on Instagram at Pod. This is a Studio 41 podcast. So, now we'll move on to your next question. The next question is quite a simple one, actually. I wouldn't be surprised if you crack it like how you cracked the previous ones. So, the world's first... Built-in camera in a cell phone appeared in Japan in the year 1999. The first camera phone in Japan in the year 1999. But within a few years, almost all cell phones in Japan came standard with a built-in camera. It just didn't take much long for other companies to adopt. Everyone started putting a camera in their cell phones. However, due to privacy issues, mobile companies voluntarily decided to circumnavigate the issue by making it impossible to turn off the shutter sound while clicking a photo. So Mm -hmm. earlier there would be the click sound in our normal cameras. So mobile cameras didn't need that sound, but there was a privacy issue. And to counter that privacy issue, what these mobile companies ended up doing was adding a fake click sound, which we even have till date. I need you to tell me, what was this privacy issue that these companies were fighting? Uh,
0: you, you, like stalking, right? Like uh, people taking pictures. Um,
1: on the right track? On the right track. Uh,
0: um, people taking pictures without people knowing? Like, um,
1: people, yes. Uh, uh,
0: in, uh, in bathrooms, people taking pictures without people knowing? Uh, sort of
1: on the right track. So I'll just let you go. You're almost there. You can take probably take like a few more cracks. You are there in the territory, so it was obviously about people getting photographed without their consent. So, so you're in the ballpark. That's what I would say.
0: Mm, what else can you do with a uh, with a camera? You can you can. What else can you
1: do? You're on the right track. You're there. You're there.
0: No, I'm not getting this.
1: Okay, so this was about pictures being taken. Of course, without the consent of the person in a particular scenario. And this was quite common with celebrities. That's how it started. At least that's how it got traction that people realized, you know, this thing is happening quite a lot. So we need to do something about it. And the companies themselves, they are like, you know what? We can add the sound so that people come to know this, that a picture is being taken. They can stop the person or they can tell the person like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Things like that. So that was the idea. So this was basically uh, to stop upskirt pictures. So 99 uh, around the year Ah. when people started getting cameras. So that was one of the major privacy issue that these companies sought was that people were taking a lot of upskirt pictures, especially of uh, celebrities, of actresses. And okay.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's cool. Okay. This one thing, this is something I actually did, I think last week on busy time, but I am in love with this question. Okay. okay so uh I'm gonna ask it anyway yeah <laughs> beneath please. the snow on the north and south poles you'll find thousands of thin copper needles where did they come from
1: copper needles
0: copper needles wow thousands of them
1: wait and thousands of them both the poles right both the poles both the poles and these needles are man-made right like just to be of course, they have to man-made. be made they're yeah. man-made, yes. Yeah, so... Uh, okay, I'm going to venture a guess here. It is all the explorers who went all the way there, but somehow could not make their way back and their compass ka needle is what is lying there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a lot of explorers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just thought maybe you know thousands of people might have tried it <laughs> and actually
0: I'm a lot of people sh- this they were like so the magnetic north and south really works
1: <laughs> I thought maybe that's what they ended up so they they had resources and enough uh, like food to reach the north pole but they didn't couldn't come back and then the compass was lying there I don't know okay let me think of more plausible explanation is it something to do with people trying to figure out where the exact North or South Pole is?
0: Um, no. You are thinking in terms of people on Earth.
1: Wow. (laughs) This question just took a twist. Okay, the North and South Pole is of Earth only, right?
0: Yes, the North and South Pole is of
1: Earth. But then there are copper needles. Is it, uh... So, is it possible that we sent a satellite or something in there which crashed, which burned and hit the pole? Or we sent something to the poles to read something and that thing is lying there which was composed of copper? Now
0: you're on the right track. No, you're on the right track. We sent it up into space. Why did we send them up into space?
1: Why would we send copper needles up in space? which would end up at both the poles, the North and the South Pole? That is a brilliant question. I don't know what the answer is, (laughs) but I just love this question. The possibilities are so much. It's a
0: beautiful question. Yes. Shall I tell you?
1: I guess so, because I'm really curious to know what the answer (laughs) is now.
0: Okay. So now, during the Cold War, uh, USA got very scared that Russia would attack their communication lines under the sea. Okay. So, some genius said, why don't we build a ring of copper around the Earth, okay, with these tiny copper needles, mm-hmm. to take our communications above the reach of the Russians, which was really stupid, considering the Russians would dominate space very shortly. But anyway, they did it, okay, there was, there was, there was a lot of uh, the Earth. Resistance to it, mm-hmm. but they managed to launch these uh, these millions of copper needles into space, into uh, uh, this space, and uh, the idea was that they are very thin, mm-hmm. so in two years' time, because of the of gravity and the solar wind and the whatever, they'll come back to Earth. Okay, okay, and that is why the pe- the the needles under the North and South Pole have come back, but they made a huge error.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They did. They coated these needles in a naphthalene gel okay. when they sent them on top. Thinking that they, it would keep the needles apart. Hmm. It did. And in space, when you just keep metal in contact with each other, it welds. So there are these clumps of copper floating around space which we've not been able to get back at all.
1: Wow. Wow. That is so yeah. amazing. That's <laughs> such a beautiful... This actually... Clumps of copper going around the earth right now. Oh yeah. god, that's such a beautiful. De- Kajul, like, really, that was the question of the week for me. I don't think anything can top that now. <laughs> wow, now my next question feels like such a chalta firta question in front of that. Like, <laughs> I don't know, should I ask that also? <laughs> but I will go ahead with it because it's a piece of trivia nonetheless. So, I'm still thinking about this copper. Needles, though, but yeah. The question for you, Kajol, is the assumption again? This has to do with sounds, just like the previous question. The phone clicks on this one is also to do with the sound. The assumption most people jump to is that the sound is produced by rollers at the back. In fact, the sound is an entirely artificial addition to the process. The noise is produced by a speaker and purely included. In the process, to reassure you that your work is being done. Without this added noise, it would be practically silent. What is being described over here?
0: It's a machine of some sort. Great. What sound <laughs> uh, Xerox.
1: Good guess. Really good guess, but no.
0: Okay. Some uh, somewhere close? Is it? Is it kind of like? Is it an office thing?
1: Not really. Not a office thing.
0: Would I have used this machine?
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think pretty much everyone who's listening to this podcast would have used this machine. Definitely seen this machine.
0: What is this machine? Um, my work is being done.
1: Again, the assumption most people jump to, jump to is that the sound is produced by rollers, which are working at the back. But there is no rollers. There's no such thing. It's just... Speakers, which are making the sound, to sort of reassure Re-lose. you, yeah, to reassure you that your work is being done. You need the reassurance.
0: Re-lose. Is it something you do know with food?
1: Not with food. I
0: think of it. Xerox is what I could think
1: of. That. What else? What else? Were? Very common. Xerox was actually a really good guess. Actually, when I first heard it, my first guess was Xerox too. That this would be a Xerox machine. Printers? Again, Printers? again, close.
0: Printers are noisy.
1: Printers, Xerox, I would put it in the same category, but no. Tracks? No. Oh, okay, um, let me let me just, let's see if this helps you. Without the added noise, this thing would be practically silent with its moving parts on the other side of the brick wall.
0: Moving parts on the other side of a brick wall? Yup. It's like that big, it's like that big a machine.
1: It is quite big. I mean, yeah, that totally depends. I have
0: never used anything which... I have never used anything with, with a brick wall way.
1: You have 100% used it. I swear it. I haven't. This is the first time we are no. speaking? <laughs> and I know you have used it. <laughs>
0: I have never... Uh, uh, a brick wall. And... Um, what have I used behind a brick wall?
1: Let me see if I can give any hint which will not be... okay. I put some stress on the word when I mentioned that this noise is put in there purely for the process to reassure you that your work is being done
0: Reassure?
1: yeah you need to be reassured that oh alright attention ATM ATM is the machine and now you know the sound the that roaders,
0: is. yes that is not sense. the road, it's yes, just yes, a speaker yes, yes. which
1: has been kept there <laughs> and basically nice cut sir. gaya humare. So, yeah, <laughs> Ganod, that was uh, all the questions that I had. Uh, thank you so much for joining uh, me on the podcast.
0: No, oh, this is lovely.
1: What we do is normally we have the guest, which is you. The guest leaves mm-hmm. us with one question, which the audience can send their answers to. And in the next episode, in the beginning of the episode, we then reveal what the answer is. So, if you can go into your quizzy time question bank and take out some interesting trivia for our audience, that would be totally amazing.
0: Um, This is not a very difficult question, but again, it's a question I love, okay? Uh, A very well-known author, when uh, they were attending Harvard, they were expected to serve tea and cookies to uh, senior students. Okay. And this author is well-known because uh, right now she has an, uh, a, a, a very popular serial out, okay, which is based on her work and um, this experience of hers kind of reflects in her work that she was made to serve tea and cookies to male students in Harvard even though she was at the same level as them. Um, who is this author?
1: And that marks the end of the quiz. You can send in your answers to at the rate quiz time India on Instagram and Facebook. This was a Studio 41 podcast. You can find us at at the rate podcast studio 41 on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And finally, remember the quiz that I'm hosting on 17th October for Gyan Space at 5 p.m. A general quiz. The link is in the description. It'll be great to have some support there. That'll be all for today. That'll be all for this week. See you guys next week. Thank you for your time. You can thank me for mine.